0: everybody. Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I am Dwight Pecora, a completely excited and ecstatic human being right now getting the chance to be a guest host. Uh, I am a long-standing bulletproofer slash proximity seeker to Peter Bolden and Craig Spodak, incredible humans, incredible friends, and uh, just getting the great honor to get to host today um, of course, the one and only uh, Peter Bolden giving us a little bit of perspective on something that seems to be super talked about and sought after right now uh, in the in not just in our industry but beyond. And for those of you who have been bulletproofers for a while and going after it, you've been growing practices, finding ways to invest your money in different things, not just your practice but diversify. And so. What then do we realize, but on the Mighty Networks, we are seeing numerous questions regarding cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum, decentralization, all these crazy things. And there's only really one person that I know right off the bat that has been a source of mine, the person who originally got me into it, uh, Dr. Peter Bolden. And uh, so want to welcome him, of course, to his own podcast that I get to enjoy today. And I uh, want to say thanks, Pete, for joining us and letting us uh, get Dwight. after
1: question some stuff here for you. Dwight, I gotta say you, uh, that was pretty good, pal. Pretty good. That was the first take everybody. Just so we're just, so we're talking, you may either, you may be taking my job or Craig's job. It's undecided, but that was pretty awesome. Bud. I
0: think I've listened to enough of them. Right. So after a while,
1: that's awesome. Well, yes, like you said, you're going to get some context and it came up because of the, 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 uh, the the, the mastermind, I'm sorry, I should say the mighty networks, right? Which is bulletproof.dental, which I said on the podcast the other day, I can't believe this is, it's just free for everyone to just join and come talk, which is awesome. I hear that joke about Twitter too, because it's a really good platform. But <laughs> point is, you're right. It is very relevant. You know, every time you turn on the news or a financial ch- channel, there's something going on about Bitcoin. And it used to be, I was the lone ranger in the room and everyone thought I was a weirdo. And just, you know, with my with my tinfoil hat on talking about crypto and this and that. And now I get lots of phone calls, Dwight. Lots of phone calls. So I said, you know what? Why instead of me like running point and and I feel like I'm in an echo chamber sometimes just like talking, why don't you kind of act as the as the proxy for everyone who, you know, and I said, Hey for people who may not know or are too afraid to ask and let's go from soup to nuts. And I will kind of tell you what I know or the questions that you think are important versus me thinking what I think is important and then talking about it. Right. So it's a much better, uh, much better Avenue today. So I'm really excited about being the guest. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no, thank you. I, I think one of the greatest things is sitting around and getting to see the amount of information that's getting poured in in uh, bulletproofdental.com, going through that Mighty Networks and sitting down because all Mm -hmm. of us spend a lot of time on social media. And that is a great place to completely mess up on knowing what's real and what's not. And so having this kind of smaller space where we get to discuss this, this is where the Mighty Networks has become so powerful. And I mean, I have completely made sure that it pings me every time something gets posted Mm -hmm. on there because it is super relevant to what I'm doing every day. So
1: the, you this know, and the fun. thesis of that, honestly, Dwight, I'm glad you're bringing this up because the thesis is just like you said, is that social media, let's just call it Facebook and Instagram, Twitter are black holes. Meaning that if we were to have a closed Facebook group and we were having discussions, this is why I opted to not have the Facebook is because you, you go in there to, to talk about the dental stuff. And then guess what? Before you know it, you're looking at pictures of people's cats. And vacations and you're getting FOMO. And all of a sudden now you're down a wormhole and you're like, you just blew an hour versus putting it into a closed ecosystem like the Mighty Networks. So, you know, obviously it would have been very easy for us to do a Facebook group, but we wanted to go and get an, an autonomous path uh, of that so that people didn't go down the wormhole of social media.
0: That's it. So, That's yeah. it. So it's also creating these great podcast topics. So specifically, I think one of the biggest things now is Understanding why it's important to at least know about it, be active in understanding how to invest, what to invest, and these types of things. But we are going to go pretty basic at the start because I think yeah. my goal here is is that I'm going through and I'm looking and you know calling out incredible people on mighty networks like Will Jones, Jeffrey Birch, Tommy Dooley. There's 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 people on here immediately asking for help and information, and some of their mm-hmm. questions are just like. Tell me what cryptocurrency is right at the basics. And so starting from there, kind of uh, let's, let's go ahead and start from there, Pete, and just kind of jump in and say, tell me more about where this came about and how this is kind of, you wow. know, why it keeps coming up.
1: Well, OK, so it's, the, it's this cryptocurrency is the, is the conversion of analog money into digital, right? It's trustless, meaning that it doesn't depend on an intermediary like the government mm-hmm. to define its value. Um, you can transact without knowing who the other person is, right? So you don't, so trust list sounds like something you wouldn't want to have, but you actually do want to have it. Um, in most of them where it's like in the case of Bitcoin, there's a, there's a programmatic defined amount of it so that inflation can't occur. It's actually deflationary by its nature. Um, and that's a, that's built in the, in the code. That was developed back in, you know, when when, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, who is uh, anonymous, you know, it has this immaculate conception. It was it was programmed back then. So it it was designed to fix the problems of what we we saw in 2009, which was the government just printing tons and tons of money, which at the time in 2009, it was 600 billion. And people said, holy shit, how can the government be printing 600 billion dollars? Do you know what they printed this year dwight close to how many board. trillions that we are exactly we at <laughs> exactly so it's like this this prophecy that has been fulfilled so so cryptocurrency is essentially all you can think of it is is the digital conversion i'm sorry the conversion from analog money to digital um and if you look in history the how well has
0: that ever worked exactly
1: right (laughs) right? i would give the example like look at look at when tell me give me an example when digital didn't win digital photography won uh snail mail to email it won right so it's it's always the you know it's like peter diamandis talks about his 60s you know demonetization dematerialization um democratization all the things i don't know all the d's which i thought i could rattle off right there but i didn't (laughs) Um, but it talks about that and, and how he evaluates technology that's going to be a moonshot, meaning it's going to be something that just takes off in this economy. And it checks those boxes. So I hope I answered the question as pithy as possible, Dwight, but it's essentially a, a digital currency that that uh, that has programmatic volume, typically.
2: There and are like some that do things-
1: not, like, like a Dogecoin, like... Right. If you can't if you can't see me on YouTube, I'm rolling my eyes because I think it's just ridiculous. I don't. I'm not a fan of like meme meme coins and shit coins and stuff like that, so I'm not going to talk about them. But for you know, there's one digital asset, and to me, that's that's Bitcoin.
0: And and as we kind of go into specifics in particular, you know, opinions of Peter Bolden and others, we we will make the caveat, just say, hey, FYI, disclaimer: this is not financial advice. For anybody, this is just some clarity for everybody to understand. It is. It is for me. I know. I feel it that way, but it's because <laughs> I'm cl- I love Peter, and I would take oh, his advice kidding, because buddy. I already have. So I think what's exciting is to Nothing say work hey, out for right? you. No financial planning advice here, but it is something to say. Hey, guys, you've got to start listening to this process because the same way we collaborate at how we run our practices or how we do clinical dentistry, you've got to start listening to each other, especially those who are willing to share. And that's kind of the essence of bulletproof. So start listening to Pete and everybody about some other things that they're getting into because at some point in time you gotta you gotta keep building the other components. So I love what you're saying about kind of the basis of cryptocurrency. A lot of people just turn cryptocurrency into the understanding of its you know, let just a payment model. It's a merchant processing of just stop. Let's buy this with we'll buy that. And it's a currency, but there are many, many other functions to cryptocurrency beyond that. And essentially kind of the, the architecture it sits on and it's, you know, many, many ideas, like you sit here and you hear about how is this safer to do it, you know, digitally, because mm-hmm. everybody's talking about people stealing people's identities and things like that. And so I kind of wanted to open you up the, the chance to kind of And I've sat through your talks before regarding blockchain (laughs) and things like that. And I think it's exciting to explain how this is not just a cryptocurrency method of payment. Um, Can you expand a little bit on that?
1: Yeah, you actually did sit into that big lecture I did at DEO, weren't you there? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was in 2018 or 19. Um, Anyway, yeah, so can I talk about, you were saying, can I talk about how, other functions
0: for cryptocurrency beyond that and why it's kind of.
1: Yeah. So I won't go too deep on this, but it's not, it's really as, as a, as a currency. Yes. It technically you could do transactions. If you look at Bitcoin, right. It's, it's, it's uncommonly used for transactions to buy a cup of coffee because people kind of know that potentially it could be worth more tomorrow than it is today. Right. Yeah. Um, but they, there are transactions happening, and they're happening very quickly. For a long time, it was oh, it's slow and clunky, but now there's the Lightning Network, which can do transactions just as fast as Visa can. Um, so, so I would say that it is more of a store of value. Mm-hmm. I would say that's where it's where it's it's a global store of value, a one-world current currency. There, I think there's about 200 currencies in the world. Dwight, we call them fiat currencies because. The fiat term came up. And if you ever heard that term, it happened because that was the day we went off the gold standard when Nixon took us off the gold standard. Our dollars used to be backed by currency in, in uh in essentially a commensurate form of gold, right? So it was backed, it was backed up by by gold bars. When we went off of that from a temporary standpoint, um, when Nixon took us off, we went into a fiat currency, which basically means it's backed up by reputation or the goodwill of a government. Right. So there are Lots and lots of fiat currencies, lots of them that can be manipulated. So Bitcoin, as I illustrated before, can't be manipulated beyond its code. It's, it's, a, it's a consensus value, meaning that it's a supply and demand and it's worth whatever other people think. So um, so, then, so that's one purpose of it. There's, there's more that happens with things like Ethereum which ethereum you can look at more like i i give people the analogy it's more like the app store where things are built upon the platform something called smart contracts which are really neat which are which are a, basically a disruption for attorneys in my opinion because it, it's it's a disintermediation it takes away so you programmatically say if, if x happens then distribute y or and they can be more complicated but it's a digital handshake if you will yeah um and then there's uh, lots of other things, right? There's there's securitized token, there's fractionalized tokens, there's all sorts of things. But it's essentially if it can be done digitally and if it has value, it can be it can be um, tokenized or coinized, if you will. Okay. And to, so and, it's and beyond. To simplify, is, yeah, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. And to simplify, it's kind of like you're just talking about the tip of the iceberg when we're talking about these currencies, right? You're really kind of it's the beginning when we first when the internet was first started. The, the reason it was discussed was it was called the, you know, will you internetwork with me? It's because my computer was directly mm. linked to yours and we were connecting to a series C- of computers. The interwebs, right? The interwebs, right? right? That whole concept. Yeah. But that was just like us talking about the beginnings of Bitcoin or these first, but it's really the layering of these contracts and all these other Correct. processes and legal. And then all of a sudden discussing this decentralization of finance and the bigger things that can come from this type of technology. But
1: it's confusing. I, it, you know, if you get on it as a, as a newbie, let's just call it, And you look at like all the available cryptocurrencies, there's probably 6,000 of them. Right. And, and really the only ones that are worth anything are, are in the top 30, right. The platforms that are not zombie platforms, but it's overwhelming to say like, Oh, what do I do? And I don't know what these stand for. And I don't want to read all these papers and such. So it is daunting. Um, Dwight, but I agree with you it, it it is still it's still the first or second inning in this kind of scenario you consider
0: it more of a revolution industrial the next component? The fourth
1: industrial. it's yeah. the fourth industrial revolution right that combined with big big data combined with AI right um right it's not one plus one plus one like I just said equals three it's one squared because they're all they're all compounding on each other mm hmm Right. So that's, that's, so that's the speed of Moore's law. It's called, right. and I don't want to get too nerdy on you, but, sure. yeah. um, but essentially it's, it's the acceleration upon acceleration of technology. Things are happening much quicker than they used to happen because of all what I just said.
0: Yeah, man. Oh, it's an, ex- it's an exciting concept, but one of the things is also understanding when you go back and I've, I've got like the side of my head, I know there's people out there asking this question. It's like you said, there's, I could jump on and buy different types of coins, but you said some are worth more or actually worth or have actual value. So in the Peter Bolin scenario, where would you say that something like Bitcoin has more actual value? And you would say, because it's more tested, it's tried and true, or you know, how would you define the fact that it has more value or consistency? And I'm interested- It's the, ne-
1: it's the network effects. It's the same reason that Facebook has value, right? It's the yeah. more distributed Nodes, they're called, um, that makes it stronger. So, it it doesn't. Um, I, I forget the mathematical calculation, but it's it's not every one. Every additional user doesn't add you know n plus one to the power of the network. It's actually the square root, and that's a uh, I forget. I think it's it Metcalf's law, but it's it's a network thing. You have to look that up, right? Maybe someone, if they're listening, can. But I should know this, but it's essentially the power of the network and the power of the consensus and the fact that, um, that millions of computers are running nodes, um, or running. And basically they don't know, they don't, they unless the internet goes down, it's not going down. And, and, and people always use that as well. What happens if they take the internet? down? I say, if they take the internet down, we got bigger problems.
0: Yeah, right. Bitcoin <laughs> being taken
1: down, right? I mean, you got bigger issues. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway.
0: Well, I think, uh- that's that's one of the things. The power of consensus. I think that's that's also. You know, I'm going to ping back to earlier today. Um, I was on some for the office hours, and Craig was bringing this up during the Mashmind talk. And we've got we've got these office hours for Mashmind every week. And what was cool is it was brought up. You've got these visions for your practice, but you have to pivot your bit your business to the market you're in, and not get so steadfast focused. And that's kind of what you're talking about in the end. Our environment and our market is what controls, and it's that power of consensus. And I think that's what's driving so much of this. And because I did look it up before, I noticed that there's been an estimated close to 2,000 cryptocurrencies have failed right off the bat. Some yeah. of them were frauds. And they're
1: designed, things. there's a lot of them were designed to do that, though, Dwight. Right. So, like, you know, so they are designed to be what's called pump and dumps, where, where they come on. You, I mean, look, I could create the Peter coin in probably 10 minutes right now. Right. Really good. They could just say, I want to have 50 million. We're going to distribute it. I want to be an influencer. I want to go on there and sell my coin and I could get out and dump it. And it can be built on Ethereum. I would build it as, a, as an ERC 20 token, which is called, which are what most tokens are built on is the, is Ethereum's platform. Let me go back. Cause I want I felt like I screwed up the Metcast law. So Metcast laws is what well, I was right. It was called Metcast laws. The value of a network is proportional to the square of the number of its nodes. Okay. So that is, um, I, I did kind of say that correctly. So Metcalf's law is yep. what gives Bitcoin its its value is uh, the nodes and the network. So, okay, crazy.
0: So tell me a little bit more as to why. Um, so if you were to say in the end, people are trying to dabble a little bit in cryptocurrency, they're finding themselves saying, "Okay, well, what I need to figure out before you know, before I start really deciding how much I'm going to double down is." there's this concept of getting off zero. Mm -hmm. And I think that you really charged me with Mm -hmm. a long time ago. And I think it's probably the most valuable piece of advice when it came to cryptocurrency. And and it related a little bit to just kind of once you're in it, now you want to know more about it. And I I wanted you to give that same advice you gave me. In particular, when I got in, I got in on Bitcoin and Ethereum. Those were my two kind of jump ins. and, And that was kind of my process. And I went through Coinbase. And of course, there's a bunch of different ways. And we'll talk about kind of, that is a big question keeps coming up. Where do I go? How do I do this? But I'm interested in hearing that advice again, because I think it was the most powerful thing for me to hit the trigger and kind of move forward. And it's been a big impact on me.
1: Yeah. So getting off zero is a good term. And actually pop is the one who coined that. and I cannot take credit. And he was on our podcast and now he's literally like one of the most famous people in the space. He's on CNBC every day. It seems like, but getting off zero is just something that just says look it if it's an asymmetric risk meaning that if you put 1% in your portfolio and it's going to perform the way it has for the past 11 years the returns right it's been the highest per, highest returns in any asset class over the past 10 years bar none not even nothing there's nothing even close to its mm-hmm. returns okay mm-hmm. So basically, it's an asymmetric risk because if that one percent that you allocate of your net worth into it goes to, let's just call it, goes to zero, which you know not going to happen, mm-hmm. then you've lost uh, you've lost ten you've lost one uh, percent of your net worth or your portfolio, I should say, maybe not your net worth, your portfolio. But if it does what we're indicating that you do, that one percent could be the returns of the equivalent of ten to twenty percent of your entire portfolio. Right, so I look for things in life. Honestly, Dwight, um, I think that's just a good thing. I look for investments in my own life, not just Bitcoin, that have asymmetric risk. Right? Is there is my is my downside capped and is my upside unlimited, or or it, could it be a moonshot, so to speak? Sure. Um, and I honestly, I think that's that's been uh, that's been a reason that I've been somewhat successful in just my 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 financial life is that. Um, I've evaluated things in that capacity right and and fortune sometimes rewards the bold i have been i have been punished too i will say that it hasn't all been oh, disease da- <laughs> but just like private equity right meaning just like our venture capital like they take risk and let's say they call it 20 companies and they're like all right you know what 18 of these are going to be dogs and they go to zero we're going to invest in them but but two of these softwares are going to be moonshot and give us 1000x returns that's an asymmetric risk and so that's that is their whole business model. So I'm like wait a second if the smartest guys in the room are kind of performing this way then 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 shouldn't I be kind of looking at things versus the way that I may have been trained in my economics class is you get money and you put it in the stock market and you hope and you pray. You hope that you're going to get a good return, you hope that we don't have a 9/11, you hope that the tax rate is going to be all this, you hope that your fund manager calls you. It's a hope hope hope. I don't like to be the one not in control. I am my own sovereign in control of my, like, and now I, you know, I, I am more sovereign in control of things. So I know I just went on a diatribe there. Um, and I actually even forget your question now, but cause I get so, no, but that's a it. million I mean, things festering in my brain that I like want to get off. And sometimes I verbally vomit,
0: but that's such a critical component to the, the concept of getting off zero. And then once I was off, it was part of my day-to-day. Instead of spending time on social media, I was researching and, a little bit more. or I was And you know what's Instagram
1: cool about and, that? And I've mentioned this before. It's a great, I think I said this at Summit when, when people, because people always ask me about it because now I guess they know me as the Bitcoin guy. Um, <clears throat> but The socks, man. It's the socks. The it day. is the socks. It's my lucky <laughs> socks, Bitcoin socks. Um, Dwight, is that it does, edu- so you you said, look, I'm going to put a chip on the table Right. I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to put something in here that's a, that is, that is a sizable investment. But because of that, because you are a good shepherd of your money, I know you personally, I know you were a good shepherd. You said, look, I'm first off, I'm going to do my own research. I'm going to do my own due diligence. I'm going to dig in. I'm not just going to play this like a stock market. I am actually going to invest and get to know. So then you, then you did your own due diligence and you found said, okay, you know what? It's, it's worth, it, it's worth it to me. And you put a chip on the table, but because of that, you actually then went to work and kind of kept learning about it. Meaning that you actually studied the things that, uh, you know, like on chain analytics and you studied charts and you studied, you know, you get to know the macroeconomics and you get to know how this works with this. So it teaches you a lot of things that surround it in a macro economy which I think is really neat. I think that's one of the coolest benefits is that I used to be pretty ignorant about economics and the world around us and even just money and what it was and all the things. And it's taught me a lot because yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing to, you know, cause I like it. <laughs> right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think it's, Kirk, that's what got me so invested because we tend to find ways to, fill our day but like you said you put a chip on the table now your eyes on that table all of a sudden i want to see what's going on in and around what i've invested and how that's happened and then how can i kind of double down on that i've learned so much just by all of a sudden i mean you say some of these other podcasts but yeah i mean i listen to pop podcasts as well because your podcast with him got me so fired up to Mm -hmm. realize hey there's more out there to start knowing but more importantly it's like if you were sitting on the sidelines when the internet was first coming out you're sitting there and just realizing, "Oh, this is going on." I'm hyper focused on my job, and I'm just eight to five doing my thing, but I'm not paying attention to this thing that's completely going to change anything and everything about the way we do pretty much anything at this point in time. It's you've got to be part of that process and kind of being where your feet are, but also realizing that you've got to you've got to have a year out to see what's coming.
1: And and the other interesting thing I will say is that the world's smartest people are working on this right now. Some of in, in this sector, meaning that like a lot of times I will have a, I will meet someone new in my life and talk to him at a cocktail party or whatever you know wherever we are, and I'll be like, man, this guy is really intelligent. This gal is really intelligent, and without fail, and this is just anecdotally to me, they are bullish on that for on that cryptocurrency, right? Usually bullish on Bitcoin, but like and if you look at kind of where the minds are in the financial sector they are in they are in bitcoin so it's not an if it's just when and maybe it's not right now and and you know and every time it goes down to whatever people will send me texts like haha hey, hey, i told you, you so don't. right and i'm yeah. like oh, it's so easy i get the text from the guy who never risked anything saying like haha i told you so yeah. so you. anyway Sorry, dwight again, nope, I'm, like a, I'm just going to say like blanket statement i'm sorry- sorry, Dwight, that I just went off off topic <laughs> I think
0: it's pretty easy to and I don't have to you're say you're it again go into some tangents you have such depth on this topic, so there's no doubt that you're passionate about it and i I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think some of the questions that do come up is, okay, well then. Um, if I'm going to go do some research and figure out what are the most common places in which, hey, I want to buy in. I want to. Yep. I want to. Jump Before in you buy
1: bit. in, buy a book on Amazon called The Bitcoin Standard. It's by an uh, author named Safedine, and um, and if you get through that, I always tell people that is kind of the the the, the that could be the totality of your due diligence. And I would also look at crypto Twitter and I, and it's called crypto Twitter because Twitter I think is very, very heavily geared towards people interested in cryptocurrencies and NFTs and securitized tokens and finance and stuff like that. So I don't spend any time on social media. I mean, I know Twitter is social media, but my wife's always like, Oh, are you on Twitter. Mm. And I just think Twitter is fascinating. It's, it's a brain stream of what people are thinking and doing in business, the people I follow. Um, so to your original question, the Bitcoin standard Twitter is good. Listening to lots of pods like mm-hmm. pumps pod is excellent. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Um, pomp podcast. I think,
0: I mean, yeah, the pump. Um, so, but the podcast that you all did with pump. Yeah. I
1: mean, that, that's, a, that's clear. a good place, but if you actually want to know the underlying reasons you know why it is going to be a disruptive, to, or is is already becoming disruptive, then the Bitcoin standard will will is is step one. And if you get through that book and you're not just like blown away and like but like I'm all in, I'll be stunned.
2: What's up, everybody? Just wanted to give a special shout out to our friend over at TBS Dental. I had the pleasure of meeting with Hasib from that company, and it's just a great story to hear how two brothers came into the family business and decided to shake things up. It really resonates with me that I worked with my father for so long. And uh, my dad likes to joke around with me that ever since I took over the practice, it's like holding onto the wing of a jet airplane. And uh, after talking to Haseeb over at TBS Dental, I can probably imagine how his father feels, but uh, what a great company and they're shaking up the way things are done. Uh, One of the unique products that I love is the springs, So it's basically forceps with springs. And for those of you who have had some oral surgery um, experience and I've taken out a lot of teeth in my day, uh, it's just like a no brainer that like you don't have springs in your forceps because it requires so much more dexterity to hold those forceps in your hand. So I'm loving that. But uh, on a more applicable note, I'm loving the frings that are the crown removing forceps. So I love the uh, little forceps with the rubber pads on them and to have the spring loaded action of it, I'm really loving it. So kudos to those guys who are shaking things up. I love disruptors and uh, I think there's a lot more bright things to come for TBS Dental. So wanna give a shout out to them. They're big sponsors of our summit and Facib was just awesome to talk to. I really enjoyed speaking with them. Bright guys and uh, can't wait to see what the future holds for TBS Dental.
0: We had a session during the OG Mastermind.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and uh, there was a session where you came on and there was a little discussion because different people in the Mastermind wanted to discuss it. And we spent one evening.
1: Yeah, I went through a training on it.
0: Yeah, we went through a training. And ironically, Bitcoin at that time was around 16,000, I believe. Yeah. Uh, right now, according to my Coinbase account, it's at 48. Um, and it had. It had gone up to 64. And then, you know, people freaked out and it went and dropped down to 30, and then it's coming right back up and all these other components. And now it's people either consistently, like with everything else in life, right? If they're either hyper reactionary or they're bullish and they stay onto it and they, and they make things happen. And I think that's, that's one of the biggies. Now talk a little bit about getting on Coinbase and getting on some of these places. Like where do where <coughs> people buy? Yeah, the
1: easiest, market? great question. This is, this is where we start getting into the how, which is my favorite. Uh, you know, I like to tell people the steps. I like, I like to know the steps. So Coinbase is an app, go to your app store and download it. There's others that you can do, but Coinbase is the original exchange. Um, it's probably the most, it just went public as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, there are others like Voyager and I mean, there's so many, but, um, look for, I would say, look for a US based, custodian. When I say custodian, it, custodian means an exchange because a custodian is going to be where you hold the coins and that's a whole different topic. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. I, I actually buy on Coinbase. I use Coinbase Pro um, which is more of a, a a different kind of, it's more like the stock market where it's a bid and an ask and you can get, you don't have such high fees. But if you're just looking to like DCA or dollar cost average, which I think is the best, improve, most, the best method into entering into the space, um, Coinbase is good you'll have to upload and it's legit. Like it's not just an app. And then all of a sudden you give them your credit card and you're, you're off to go. You yeah, have it was to a
0: process. It was oh yeah. It's K Y
1: C and AML. So K Y C stands for, they have to know your cust. They have to know their customer. K Y C know your customer and ALM. They have to prove that it's not anti-money laundering. Yeah. And that is, that is set up by the sec in our country. So it is legit. There's someone physically looking at your, your account and whether you're approved or not. And, and it's just approved on basically, um, an identity thing, right can they prove that you are who you are and you're not using this for um, you know you're not sending this maliciously to um, a terroristic country so that is step one is getting approved on um on coinbase and then you then once you're approved and your account's in, you put in your credit card information or link your bank mm-hmm. and then they let you start buying at certain cadence and I forget what they start you out at, but right. Um, if you're wanting to to do large sums of, of money right out the gate, if you've read the Bitcoin Standard hypothetically and you're saying, "Dang it, I'm all in," and you want to play big, then you can then you can straight up just wire money to them. But um, but they have a phenomenal reputation, even though everyone in the space doesn't love them. They are they are still the the 800 pound uh, gorilla.
0: And I think sometimes we we get a little overwhelmed at the concept, but honestly, yes, it was hard because they had to confirm everything but the app super easy and it that's another thing that kind of woke me up to some of the things going on out there and of course i went in bought bitcoin kind of some ethereum i really love the technology around ethereum and everything around it and then the second component for me had to do with kind of stopping and realizing well there's more on here there's more going on and i it's interesting because you brought it up in the yep podcast you had just posted regarding your your epic arbitrage and and the process relating to managing debt and which which you know, I highly recommend to anybody who's out there trying to figure out kind of, especially young dentists out there with debt in particular, student loan debt, if you are not, and it is not a long podcast. We are not long-winded, like we're talking about incredible cryptocurrency, right. I think I but did. it was a quick and it was easy. And I mean, I, I heard it. I listened to it a couple of times during a run yesterday because I said to myself, you know what, the concepts here, then you try it out on something, a small debt component like- you know, the, the debt for going to school and all this, but then you start using this kind of stuff and going down a road on debt and how to manage it and going down that, uh, uh, managing other debts as you're building and scaling businesses. Yeah. And it's a
1: good lesson. It's arbitrage and yield. And right. And so these get into like more higher level. This would be economy kind of three Oh one kind of, if you will, right. It starts getting into higher level techniques. So I, I was hesitant to even post that pod yesterday but sometimes you get podcasts. It's like, whoa, way over my head. I don't. I'm not really interested. But other times you got to meet people where they are. So I felt like the questions that I've been getting recently were enough. Where I was like, you know what, I'm going to take it up a notch. And and maybe someone's not ready for it now, but they may be down the road. Um, and um, so yes, I, I agree with you, Dwight. That uh,
0: on on the arbitrage discussion you brought up on that podcast, what was super interesting was the discussion of something that we all then see. On our Coinbase account, once we start deep diving, mm-hmm. is you're seeing the USDC component, and you talked about obviously moving that over to Celsius and getting that you know right hand and left hand discussion on the arbitrage. And the the exciting part is to realize when people are are weary about one thing or another. Explain a little bit more specifically about USDC if that's something that I can pick.
1: So yeah, USD. Forth. So there are things in crypto. Uh, verse that are something called stable coins and they are pegged one-to-one to to the value of the us dollar right so it's no better no worse than the dollar that you can the the fiat dollar that you can hold in your hand so that was kind of that was kind of the thing so a usdc is a one-to-one backed is a one usdc is equal to it's just a digital currency Right. US digital dollar. And so I take that, buy it on Coinbase. You actually buy those for zero fees. Um, you buy stable coins for zero fees on Coinbase, and I sent that to a different platform. Um, on because Coinbase doesn't give you the yield Mm -hmm. that some of these DeFi platforms do, like Celsius Celsius. or BlockFi. Mm -hmm. Um and it was just seeking yield because like, right now we have to be desperate for yield right now, Dwight, especially in this environment where, yeah, I know the government is printing the, Oh, we're, we're, we're not in inflation anymore, but everyone around, everyone knows who who lives a life in America right now knows that everything's more expensive. Period. Full stop. Good. Right. And, and the Haywood index indicate, you know, we'll show you, Oh, sorry. The Haywood Chapwood index. We'll show you that, you know, it takes 500 500 consumer products and and gives you a reading. And like most of those big, the most metropolitan cities are probably in the range of 13, 14% right now. So people are desperate for yield because the dollars we are holding right in a savings account are melting like ice cubes, unfortunately, right? They will be worth more worth less next year than they are today. There's nothing safe about being in a savings account, unfortunately, which causes people to be a little bit holy shit, what do I do? I need to put this into real estate, which is why real estate prices are astronomical right now, right? This is there's a cause and effect for everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so stable coins are a great way to just uh, instead of having to wire money around and, and, and go to the bank and ask permission to use your money, <laughs> which is you ever tried to make a big, large wire, by the way,
0: yeah. i yeah.
1: uh, never forget, it was kind of interesting. I'll give you a kind of, a, a, this is something that freaked me out with, and this may be just my bank, but COVID hits and I'm mm-hmm. having flashbacks too. So this is March of 2020, right? I'm saying, Oh, here it comes. I've seen what's happened in China. We're going to be on lockdown for probably six weeks or something's going to happen. Or maybe it's going to be two weeks to flatten the curve. Like they said, right.
0: Like <laughs> um, the smile into the camera. <laughs>
1: the, so I went to the bank and I said, look, we're going to be in a, potentially we're going to be in a Greece situation where everyone's going to flood. The banking could go down and, you know, and I need, I want to get some cash out to, um, just in case, run. right. As Not a, run. as a contingency, who knows what's going to happen. Right. So I I am, I am a man of many contingencies, right. You put me in a room that's, and I, I immediately look for the four ways to get out of it. It's just the way I was wired. Um, so I went to the bank and I said, Hey, I need to, I need to take some of my money out. And they said, okay. And they said, well, how much do you want? And I said, I, I, I think, the number was, it wasn't egregious, but I think I was like, I need $20,000 because who knows how long this is going to be. Right. And they said, well, you, you you can't do that. I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, we're going to limit you to 5,000. And they said, we don't have that money here. Mm. So what do you mean? You're a bank. Where is my money? They said, it's not here anymore. We'll have to order your money from the Fed. I said, well, here's the deal. I gave it to you guys to watch for me. And now you're telling me I I have rules and restrictions and the cadence is defined. And when you tell me I get it back and it blew my mind. So then... I went back the next day and I said, I'm going to try this experiment. I'm really going to rock them. And I raised that amount and it just got rattled and more rattled and rattled. And I made a bigger stink about this. Cause I was like, how do you guys, how are you a bank? And you literally are saying, nah, we're going to let you know when you can have your funds. All right. I gave it to you in good faith. So stable coins are a great way. That was my little thing. So stable coins, I know that was your question about stable coins is a, is they are a great way, um, but because of that, stable coins are really liquid, meaning, meaning there's full liquidity with that because they're backed up one-to-one. So there's no speculation in, in, that, in that coin. Everyone knows what it's worth. That you can micro-lend and put it on, on fractional lending platforms and de- decentralized finance platforms like Celsius. And so that was my arbitrage thing, right? I borrowed the money at 2.5 and, and I put it on Celsius at 8.9 and I get the spread, Right. I mean, I'm responsible for the two and a half, but I also get the upside. So that was just an experiment of me saying like, hmm, I'm going to try this. Yeah. But stable coins well, are awesome, but they're not an investment more, more so than like cash is an investment.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of sitting on it, but it gives you a little bit more flexibilities. And uh, you know, I will note my family's originally from Argentina. So the discussion you just had about banks uh, is, is something that's historically in a lot of countries and in particular right now with COVID, you know, it's not like anybody in Lebanon can go to an ATM, right? It's not like a lot of countries in the world right now, an extreme struggle.
1: Western extreme. Union pulled out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Right. So how do they get remittance? How do they get money? Like it just leaves the country in a l- l- lurch. And yeah. like, so there's a lot of good people, you know, that Sorry. that are that are not able to get access to their funds or get sent funds. Um, so. And essentially,
0: this leads us to discussion about why. A lot of people ask why cryptocurrency, why have things been created? Mm. Essentially, what we've come back to is essentially the why a lot of this was created Mm -hmm. was because the control in the people's hands, the control of the people based on something that is theirs is what's created the concept of decentralization. Because the concept of you going up to your bank where you literally put the money in and they're like, well, we got to call Mr. Fed to get your money. Is something that we are less used to as Americans.
1: It freaks me right? out. It, fre- it freaked me out to the But it's long.
0: more common in the rest of the world. Yeah, and I, I think know this, this. is the, the concept of decentralization. A lot of people, especially Americans, we tend to get egotistical in the sense right. of, well, this is this cryptocurrency, this is not going to happen name, here and mm-hmm. it's not going to happen here. And we're making this because it's another way to invest. When really we would say that if anything, the Americans are behind on cryptocurrency.
1: Because totally. of the fact that it's because we've been world. able to rest on the laurels of we essentially are the denominated currency of the world, right? America is for now the 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 fiat superpower. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so the concept of abundancy and trusting that abundancy, which is something this is a saying from Argentina, and I think I've said this to you before, but they used to say this was. Uh, the abundance rots us from the inside out because we are doing so well. We have these stable currencies. We don't worry about things. All of a sudden you stop thinking, you stop protecting yourself. You stop strategizing your brain and survival. And I think this is the concept is a lot of people are very comfortable with cryptocurrencies and the idea of finding more stability with their money than we are because they've had to deal with it around the world and we haven't. And so this is why a lot of people have asked, well, You know, why, you know, are we ahead of the game? What's going on? And and from what I have seen, many other places, especially Asia, are far further along when it comes to cryptocurrencies than we are. It's almost like we're slightly behind.
1: I wouldn't say farther behind, um, especially from a development standpoint, Dwight. But um, from a a usage, from a practical usage standpoint, you are right. We have been, we don't, It's like, wait, my credit card works just fine. Like, I don't really need to use Bitcoin. Right, so it. you're you're right. Um, I will say, from a store of value though, America's done done pretty well, and from a mining capacity now, meaning I know we didn't get into that, but but essentially, mining is what securitizes the network, those nodes. What I was talking about, and so America is is, is pretty strong in that department um, because China actually banned it and shut it down the mining because they want their digital one to be take off, And because no one can control Bitcoin, no sovereign government can control it. They said, we don't like this. We want to control all of our shit. Yeah. Um, so you're right. Central America and, and parts of Asia are, have been, you know, in lots of Europe, like mm. Estonia and Latvia. And like, there's places I know those aren't like great, crazy uh, financial capitals of the world, but they're, you know, Greece has taken off with it, but you know, it's because um, they
0: don't trust their currency as much. Yeah. So they're like, Oh, yeah. you got to find something else.
1: Yeah. So it's just, it's just fascinating. And I think this is, goes back to what you said about um, learning. And, and when you start tiptoeing in, start putting a chip on the table, you start learning about the like, why A, why was money created? B, what are the struggles that we Americans don't have to deal with? And, and this is a global problem, right? If there's 200 currencies and the government defines what they're worth, how is there not manipulation in that? right in the inner exchange which is called a forex right forex is 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 inner exchange of money and people make livings on doing that right the arbitrage and and selling it here and buying it here and trying to flip it here um but it's just it's very clunky and it's very confusing um so and it's all based on governments of the world yeah. as as opposed to having one that's decent that's 100% decentralized can cannot be inflated Right. It's borderless. It's permissionless. It's, it disintermediates a lot of transactions. You don't have to go to the bank and ask someone to use your money. Mm. I can take my entire wealth. If I was, if I was someone in, in Latin America and I was worried that the government was going to overthrow or take back my property or take or seize my wealth in a bank, I could move across the border with a seed phrase in my brain, which is the code to your kind of all of your 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 assets. I could walk across with that memorizing it. I could have that, that bank in my brain, if you will. That's the power of it. That's the power of. it. You could walk across with billions of dollars in your head.
0: With that Good. being said, would you say, and this is a big question that I know somebody who's close to us once asked has said, Well, when do I sell?
1: <laughs> you know, look, if you're a trader. You know, if you don't believe in it from a from a from a thesis standpoint, like my dad asked me that all, a, a lot. Well, look, uh, you know, what's the exit? And I always tell him, like, Dad, it is the exit. It's not when do I exit. It is the exit it, because I know all the factors that define it. I do not know the factors that define the dollar, unfortunately, right? It's, 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 we get, we get statistics disseminated when the government feels it's appropriate to do so. So we don't know how much there are, you know, we don't know what the outstanding currency we don't know the M one money supply. We don't know the M two we do. I mean, they, they publish it. It's supposed to be transparent, but like, you're not nearly in control of that. So the, the, for me, the exit is, you know, one day um, that I will be buying, I think it's generational, Dwight, personally. I think it's something that I will pass on to to my children. I also think it's something that I will buy hopes and dreams with, meaning a house in a Caribbean place, potentially that I will buy in, in Bitcoin because I love, my passion is kiteboarding. Mm-hmm. So that is that is the goal one day is that, hey, do you accept Bitcoin, right? It's kind of like the thing back in 17 when everyone was like, I, I bought my Lambo. It was all about when Lambo, right? That was That was the memes yeah. online. Um, but more and more people are accepting it. Um, so, and, and they're willing to accept it. Um, so I'm about to buy a new car and they're like, yeah, we'll take Bitcoin. So, um, so I don't think it's, I don't think, so there's two, there's two schools of thought. One is from a, I think it's superior money concept and two. And the other one is, can you day trade and treat it like a stock, um, and catch falling knives and, Try and exit, go in and out. Here's what I will tell you: um, that is very hard to do. It's a volatile creature. You can't live and die by the swings. And if you think you're that, if you're that good, I mean, there are people who have made money with it. But you have to be really, really good with trading it. Additionally, once you go from Bitcoin, which is property by the SEC, and you convert back into dollars. Guess what, Dwight? That's a taxable event. Okay. So now just like selling a building or selling any piece of property, depending on how long you held it for, it's either capital gains or ordinary income. If it's less than 12 months, it's ordinary income, um, which can really erode some of your stuff. So, um, you know, that's another reason is that I don't want to have a taxable event in a conversion because I'm not into trading. Um, mm-hmm. So long-winded answer, but there, I think there's two, two camps is all I'm going to say. One who are like, I'm going to pass this to my children. And the other who are like, I'm going to make some money. Mm-hmm. That being said, I did promise my father that when it gets to X amount, that I'm am going to take my capital. I'm going to take my, my, uh, my funding capital and, and take it off the table.
0: That's cool.
1: Right. So then it's just, then it's like no longer it's, you know, it's, you know, I guess in, in money, the world, money. we call it house money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and luckily because I've been a cuckoo for so long, it's, you know, it's, it's um, it's, it's getting there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's definitely there. It's just when, and, it, and it's still going to, honestly, it's still going to pay me to do that but I kind of made that promise and I think it's maybe the responsible thing to do, um, but whatever.
0: Well, That's I think opinion. it just kind of leaves it as fun. And you, you go back to the concept of paying for things. And I'm going to bring up this question is where we're headed towards a wrap up, but just Jeffrey Bursh's question on mighty networks, which again, I continue to say like, this is the place to ask these questions, especially now as mm. we're turning these into podcasts mm. and then kind of deep diving people who don't, you know, you, you don't have, Peter's cell phone, but you want to be able to get Pete to have some ideas, all these things. I asked the questions here. And one of the things I loved his concept is who is interested in becoming a crypto dentist. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, the idea here is, is heading in and how it's going to affect us on a not we've tackled a lot of personal as a business, for sure. It's going to change a lot of industry, but in dentistry, how do you see this impact? How do you see this crypto dentist concept? Start kicking in. I'm, I'm interested in hearing going down that direction as it does relate to a lot of this, how will you be considering and accepting Bitcoin or crypto as payments and things to that degree or considering discounts for those who do?
1: Yeah. So I guess what he's saying is cryptodontist is someone who accepts it.
0: Right. Right. And as that's a dentist. How, that's, that's how we're term, that's how we're defining our new term. Yes.
1: So in February of, of uh, February 21st, I'm looking at this press release of 2018, we started accepting it, right? I did a PR and it was mainly just to jump on, It's on my website right now. Um, We have actually had people pay using it, uh, mainly Ethereum. No one has paid in Bitcoin. People have paid in Litecoin and Ethereum. Um, So it is not this like flood to market, this amazing thing that's going to enhance, you know, all of a sudden you're going to go from like doing you're not going to increase revenues by 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 accepting cryptocurrency. I do think it makes you look a little more relevant today's day and age, and I think it's just good for the space to say, "Look, come as you are. We'll take we'll take your your currency, whether it's crypto or or U.S. based currency." So, it's an easy way to do, Dwight. Mm-hmm. So, just like remember we talked about Coinbase, you can go to Coinbase Commerce. Mm-hmm. They will vet you the same way, kind of from a from a business standpoint. Um, and then you essentially just make bills for people who are, for instance, we I've had several people, and you kind of just create from it from an implant perspective. They need an implant. You create a ten thousand dollar invoice. Let's just say hypothetically, and whatever the exchange is at that time, that is what they pay. Meaning, it's not just like all of a sudden because it's so volatile, it's worth less a week from now when they decide to pay. It's it's done in real time from a transaction standpoint, and then. You actually, and then those funds in cryptocurrency go into your account. So it's not converted into dollars, just so everyone knows. It stays in the native asset that people paid for with it on. Um, And so anyway, I think it's cool. I think that's a level two thing, meaning do not try and do that before you have played around with with, uh, with just from a personal level and done some transactions of sending it, sending Bitcoin here and there. Meaning yeah. there's there is Bitcoin addresses to send and receive. Um, learn how to do that. I would actually even learn how to store it and become your own custodian, which I know you, we didn't go into Dwight, but but Coinbase you can buy it on Coinbase and they will keep it as a custodian. Mm-hmm. That exchange, just like just like any bank account, can get hacked. And they are, because they are the custodian of your money, potentially those keys, the keys to your coins could be, uh, could be stolen if you're relying on someone else to be the custodian. And so there's a term in Bitcoin. It's called not your keys, not your coins. So there's a big push for people to take it into what's called cold storage, which is the ledger. Um, Ledger device, you'll see that, which is basically air gapped, meaning that, that no, it, it's unhackable because it's not connected to the internet. It's a device. Um, you sent me one. It wasn't actually Ledger. I think it was, uh, I forget what I it was. I have cool one here
0: on the screen for people. Yeah. yeah so
1: Ledger is a great one. Um, the other one is Trezor, which is good. Um, I'm a fan more of Tre- uh, Ledger. Um, And that is something that is called cold storage. So once you put it on Ledger, there's never been, Bitcoin itself has never been hacked ever. People always talk about quantum computing and whatever. It cannot be. So it's literally once it goes onto a Ledger and you know where that Ledger hard drive, Ledger hard drive, Ledger, Ledger device is, it's unhackable. Okay? Versus it's, but it's also you could if you lose your keys and lose the login, lose this, you lost your funds forever. There's no customer service that you can call and say, Hey, I lost it. Can you reset it? It is gone forever. Okay. So you've
0: got a little batch of uh, cold storage ledgers stuck in a safe somewhere that you'd never worry yeah, about? Yeah, so
1: mine are something called multi-sig, which it requires more. So, so again, I, Dwight, I am very deep into this and I won't bore people with the level, but my protection is crazy. They are in different geographic locations and they are called multi-sig and multi-shard. Which means that it takes more than me as being the signature to do it. it, it you can't complete the transaction unless one or more of the devices actually authenticated. Amazing. Okay, Amazing. Um, so it is, it is um, a whole yeah.
0: other level. There's yeah, it's it's like, like awesome. I have my
1: I have my PhD in, in, uh, yeah. in being being a psychopath with. This is
0: well, I mean, this is also why you have we we're asking you these questions because it is. I mean, yes, people need to deep dive, and if. You know, in the next year, we go to deep dive level two and deep dive level three We figure yeah. out as we go. But I think that's the beauty of it is kind of getting off zero, getting a better perspective on it, start deep diving. Do you see any other areas in which dentistry in particular is going to start seeing it other than, you know, kind of merchasing or, or even? I do. I do.
1: Treatment? I mean, it's it's probably not going to happen for a while. But, you know, I said this on stage at, at um DEO. I think that eventually we're going to get into securitized and fractionalized economies, where where essentially you can fractionalize your fractionalize your practice mm. through through um, a securitized token. I think that will come into play, and it makes it easier for liquidity yes. for your practice, things like that. I don't think that there's. I don't think from from present day there's anything more you can do than kind of looking at it from a um, accepting it standpoint. Uh, but if you zoom out and you look at the charts and you look at what history has done, accepting it, maybe one of the wisest things you ever did in your career. Maybe, you know, I could, I could sit here and be completely wrong. No, you know, but if, 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 if the history looking at charts and I always remind people, you know, don't, don't buy Bitcoin and then look at it every four minutes on your Coinbase app, see if it's gone up or down, buy it, Forget about it and zoom out. Wait a couple of years.
2: Mm.
0: Well, it's Thank also you. not be the practice that you walk into in 2020 and they're still not, they don't have digital records,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. It, right. We're
0: paralleling the concept at some right. point in time, you've got to catch up. You've got to be moving forward. You've got to be with that process because sometimes you're so out of the game that it's near impossible to make the jump in. And that's kind of some of the concept that we're stirring people up. This is why we put a little bit of a ping on Mighty Networks. And it was a flood of people asking questions about this because they do, they feel like they're not, it's not even just FOMO. I think it's a concept of saying this is legitimate enough for me to realize that. I've well, what's the
1: downside, right? Like what's the downside in this in, 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 in saying that you'll accept it for patients, Downside is you may get an asset you don't want. You don't want to play this game of cryptocurrency. Okay. Guess what? Hmm. You can then get it on Coinbase Commerce, Coinbase Commerce. You can log in and you can immediately convert back into fiat dollars. Hmm. And then wire that to your account. Okay. Um the so the upside is from an optics standpoint, whoops, my, my camera, from an optics standpoint, the upside from an optics standpoint, in my opinion, is that you look relevant as a dentist. Hmm meaning you're not the old, you know, you're not the mom and pop dentist who never upgraded their floors or their hand pieces or their chairs or their lights or whatever. Good. You look relevant with the times. And it, because it's on CNBC, because it's on all the the financial networks, because people are talking about it, it looks relevant and it makes you look like you're a current dentist, right? In today's day and age. Um, you know, and if you don't incorporate, I don't think it makes you not one, but I think it's just an easy add-on optics play that says, cool, we do this. Sure. We accept it. Um, And and
0: for everybody, what what he's saying also is it's also been made easier. The discussion mm -hmm. about Coinbase commerce, all these other things is before it, so easy. It, it, it was a lot harder. I mean, people didn't do that because they didn't necessarily know, but here it's the easiest way and you're not losing, you're not lost in the process. Well, how much money am i getting paid, but then it gets converted to dollars. No, he specifically said it's transitioned. Yeah, You
1: enter the way. dollar amount for the treatment. You send them the invoice and whenever they decide to quote, 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 quote check out, mm-hmm. that is when the transaction is done. So you're getting it at real time. No one can gamify it, so to speak. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that's some good stuff. Oh, this is nothing. This is the tip of the iceberg, Dwight. Let's get no, into it. I'm I just know. kidding.
0: I know. I know. Well, I was about to open the decentralization book and be like, let's go down that road. I mean, I think that there's something to be said for as we scroll through and we, we look at some of the questions that are being asked. It really comes down to the sense of just this has to be something that I can implement, but people sometimes feel like it's too late. To get involved,
1: yeah, you know, everyone thought that about internet stocks when the bubble hit in two thousand one. Like, up, oh, that's it It popped. The bubble's over, right? We've already had a metaphorical pop, so to speak, in Bitcoin. It went, it draw, it drew down ninety percent, um, two thousand eighteen. When I was the one who was accepting it, right? I think that was actually one of the, the lowest points. Was when I said, "Hey, this is mm-hmm. the news," right? But, um, but because of that, we actually got people to pay. And because of that now, it's a, it's a much different, it, that expen- that treatment was very profitable to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Dwight, I've, again, a million things going through my head. I wanted to talk about, like, there's just so many cool things that I think are, that it opens up, right? right? What's going on right now is NFTs, which right. I honestly, Dwight, knew nothing about um, a week ago. But I put a chip on the table because I was like, I don't want to be ignorant about this anymore because the whole world seems to be talking about it, especially the youngsters. Yeah. They're talking all about it. Like the 25 year olds are all over NFTs right now.
0: For those of you who are not on Mighty Networks, Pete got on there and said, I feel like I'm the only whatever year old person is like 45 buying this year old stuff and sitting here is like, and but I'm staring at like, what is all this? But he's, Putting a chip on the table to better understand it. And I think that's, I, that's essentially the biggest components to what we're talking about, right? What, do, what is next? When we drop into the concept of NFTs, we start dropping into these variable other investment options that kind of seem to parallel the same technologies, but go through this line of, hey, you know what? It comes down to the very beginning of our podcast. What do we value and the power of consensus? This is where NFTs and these other concepts come up. Where, what else do you see out on the market and how, how do you see NFTs being effective?
1: I still don't fully understand how they're going to be effective and change the world, like some people think. But like they're essentially just JPEGs that you own on the blockchain. They're one of one and, and they are the rights to you. But like, look up CryptoPunks right now. Look up, um, I guess CryptoPunks is the most popular one. Oh no, Fidanza is one just sold for uh, 1.3 million, 300 ETH. Yeah. 1.3 million. Um, some of the punks are selling for 1.3. Big influencers like Logan Ball and Gary Vee and all those people, everyone's talking about. It. So it's essentially the collectibles market. No different than, yeah. we, you know, we Art did this in the analog AMA world. Or something, right? Well, we did this in the analog world, right? The Jordan rookie cards, sure. the Beanie Absolutely. Babies, the Cabbage yeah. Well, was Cabbage Patch Kid. Like, I don't know why that came in my brain, but just collectibles in a scarcity world. So it's just now the digital scarcity is is essentially that market. But you can you you can make things NFT. I actually thought about like someone should do dental NFTs, where instead of using that same that same clip art that every dental website in the world seems to have that one with that blonde gal smiling. <laughs> we know um, it. You know how yeah. how you know to do an nft and then get and then get credit for that for someone using it and knowing that they're using it because it's been verified on a blockchain like these are the things that like when i say the smartest minds are working on stuff like that it's everyone every every tech person is working on kind of ai blockchain and big data and complex computing because you know it it solves things and so it just and makes how to monetize it yeah. yeah and then and how to monetize it you know um, so it's just fascinating. And so like going back, I, I, I put my money where my mouth is. Cause I was like, I know nothing about it. Cause people would ask me and I was like, I know nothing about it, but because I quote unquote invested, which I'm, I'm not sure if it's an investment at this point. Um, I will tell you that it, it's has worked out really well, but I think that because it's a mania right now. And I got lucky, mm-hmm. right. I picked the right one because I knew what influencers were going to post. And I bought a couple and like, yeah, like it's pretty fun, but it could have also backfired. Um, um. So it's kind of sometimes riding the hotness of what's going on. Anyway, um, I just think that it's fascinating that 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 smart minds are coming up with cool things that people consider cool as well and are investing in, and they want this to go, the whole space to go. Mm. So Visa, as a matter of fact. Okay, so Visa, I bet you didn't know this. They bought a CryptoPunk yesterday, $150,000 JPEG. They bought Visa, one of the most like Stoic. uh, What am I say? Traditional companies in the world, right? Wanted to become relevant by buying a CryptoPunk, and I think they paid. I think it was. uh, I don't know which one they bought, but there's essentially a series of them. I'm typing it in, Uh, and I think they paid. Yeah, so Visa buys CryptoPunk NFT for one hundred fifty thousand dollars, which which kind of broke the internet, broke Twitter because people were like, "Holy shit." They just bought this non-fungible token, and they are Visa. So if if a company like Visa is jumping on board to the cryptocurrency land, right, and they are kind of the antithesis of that, meaning it's somewhat disruptive to their business model, right? not NFTs, but, but, but blockchain. If they are jumping in, guess what? They are choosing to not be what Kodak did. And Kodak said, no, 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 we don't like this digital photography thing that's coming. That's not our business. We are in the business of film, film, film. And guess what the world said well we we choose digital, and because, and your penalty is now you're bankrupt, right the Eastman Kodak right, and so uh-huh. visa is being smart, and they're saying look we're we can hold on to the 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 strongholds of where we built this business, but we're going to pivot we're going to pivot and look at these other technologies and become relevant and I think it was a genius move for them it's It's not even a rounding error for them one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but they got so much media attention for that, it literally was like. I don't know if it was a marketing player or what, but whoever was behind it, if you're listening at Visa, which you're more than likely not, genius. And I would like to shake your hand.
0: Well, I think it's also the sense of people, um, you sit back and you realize when people say the consensus of who or what, it it is these impact players that all of a sudden they jump in and all of us like, oh. Well, look at that, why why is Visa getting involved? And it's because of survivability. And I Mm -hmm. think you did a good job, you referenced that Kodak story. And if you were at the summit, Nathan French discussed that Mm -hmm. in detail of that process and how the job is to keep up with the times and the job is to keep up with that process and to to legitimize your business. Regardless, get your head out of being just dental, right? We get to the point where we're just hyper-focused. You are a business and you are in a business environment and an industry that's consolidating and changing so what are we going to do to make sure that we're that component right and this is part of it
1: and i love how you, you you put put the parallels there dwight meaning that yes yesterday we're talking about cryptocurrency but you also just mentioned dso's and you also mentioned you know well you didn't mention dental tech but at no point as business owners as as, as shepherds and chaperones of our con- of our companies that are in likely lots of livelihoods are dependent upon the decisions we make in our day to day it is incumbent upon us to pick our head up out of the sand, to not get lazy, to always be growing and becoming aware of the environment around you. And I'm not saying that you have to go deep diving, but familiarize yourself with things that could potentially affect you down the way. Meaning, like you said, the DSO, meaning technology, maybe you're not ready to invest, but at least know what's coming down the pipe, right? Cryptocurrency, is it something that you're going to be you know, going to be wanting to use down the way, um, you know, potentially one day, if you're not, could you could you lose a case because you weren't able to accept it? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think becoming situationally aware—it's one of my favorite favorite terms. Dwight, um, mm-hmm. it, when I used to I was learning to fly planes, and it and it was a term that basically said, "Look, get your head because because plane flying, you can look down at instruments a lot." Okay. You can look down you can see, Oh, I'm flying here. And it's almost like a video game. Now the modern, the modern way you fly my instructor would say, get your head up and be situationally aware, because it's not going to tell you if there's a plane coming to your left and about to smash into you. Mm-hmm. So pick your head up and fly the damn plane. Yeah. Now again, I didn't get my license because I, you know, he yelled at me a little too much and it hurt my, hurt my feelings, <laughs> but I'm, I'm kidding, but uh, it wasn't the right time. But, um, but situational awareness, I think, is one of the greatest superpowers you can do, and and it allows you to never be lazy. allows you to always be in growth mode, whether that's learning about dentistry, whether that's learning about finance, whether that's learning about fitness, whether that's learning about body hacks. Like I just had a I just had a three hour IV this morning. I got I got I got NAD plus distributed. Oh, yeah, I got okay. an NAD IV. Oh. It was crazy. I'll have to do a different pod on that. Um, but I used to be a bigger biohacker and I went and did it with my buddies who runs 29029, which is an event that you climb Mount Everest, you climb, he rents out a ski slope um, and you rent, and you climb the distance of Mount Everest up and down, up and down, up and down. It's the 30, oh. 36 hour event, 36 hour event. It's really Tommy neat. was
0: telling me about that. This Tommy's weekend. doing it. Tommy did it. Group. Yeah, so huge. my
1: partner is partners with Jesse Itzler, um, who's married to Sarah Blakely of, um, okay. of I'm about to say swank um, Spanks. And, um, and they had this business idea and it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's really cool. So, I mean, I did it with, with someone like that because he's like, yeah, I'm down. I'll do, I'll do some of your crazy things. And when his wife was like, Hey, now what are you doing this morning? He's like, I don't know. Pete Pete told me to do it. (laughs) He's like, I just, I just trust him that much. Like he did, he did the heavy lifting of the research. So like I'm in and that was really the thing. So it was a three, it was, it was wild though. Like it felt like I was, about to go in full-blown panic a couple of times. Yeah. Um, that IV Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so anyway, I know we did not. There's so, I really actually want to do a pod on this though, Dwight, like so many things I've been trying to get from, I took a COVID hibernation. Mm-hmm. I will tell you my diet was the worst it's ever been the worst. It's ever been meaning like if there was a pizza, I ate it. <laughs> hey, brother, I'm not kidding you. I don't see. And I don't, say, and I don't too, mean, bro. I don't mean the slices. I mean, the entire thing, yeah. there was a sleeve of cookies. It was gone, it was gone. <laughs> right and and so I gave my it was an excuse like I ate like shit and never worked out for like literally all of covid and, and then so I finally went and got a deep deep physical because it, it was just time my doctor was like, dude you're like you're like literally have ten years left if you don't need from a cardiac standpoint if you don't if you don't <laughs> fix this and he wasn't kidding and so I was like, you know what shame on me I've got young children like shame on me so true to form. Like I put in the time and like figured out some of the things. And the first thing I wanted to fix is sleep because Mm. I was sleeping like shit. And so I I wish I could do some pods, but like I've gotten some cool hacks that really help people. I've gotten some cool measurements. Like I'm like, I just did that. Um, But I've gotten some cool like performance things and they came out of, and I'm not saying I'm like the world-class athlete by no means, but I'm tiptoeing my way out of feeling bad and being bad physically, Mm -hmm. if you will. And kind of learning a lot in the way, but, uh, but me, I like to find the path of least resistance. I like to work smart, not, not super hard. And so um I've learned a lot in this kind of journey out of, out of COVID. I know we're not out of COVID Dwight, no. but for me, it was like, okay, no more resting on the fact that we are, you are hiding essentially like, mm-hmm. from, you know, inside for a year, it's time to get out. It's time. You no, know, you can't use that excuse anymore because it's not the excuse. Right. So it's been really cool. It's been really cool. And I am, um, yeah, Chris Tuff is helping me because he's like a super athlete. Oh. Um And just like some of those guys are just built differently. I've concluded, though, they are just built. <laughs> they are built. for. It doesn't matter. Things.
0: It still matters who you're around and what they're pushing.
1: Yeah, do. I, I think there's practicing. some DNA to that. Like just being <laughs> like endurance, endurance athletes and, and people who are just structured different. And I did not get that DNA.
0: Well, you just gotta. Pre, pre, continue to be surrounded by these people even though they force us into it and sometimes it does take an iv to get us back on track and just roll. well off. that was and that was just
1: one thing you know, right and yeah and, yeah, yeah and i have found that if i like buy cool shit and do cool things that it excites me it's the reward for like not eating carbs and the reward for like working out it's like and it and it helps me gamify it a little bit like cool i'm gonna get this new mat i'm gonna get this bed that cools your bed i'm gonna get this ring that measures this and i'm gonna get this i'm gonna eat these meals and do this this
0: biohack away it's fun you know and it's
1: fun and And you start to
0: see the difference in your own life
1: yeah yeah and especially when your doctor's like yeah you you, if you don't change you got like 10 years left you're like what (laughs) what you were gonna have a massive heart attack bolden like oh shit okay let me fix this i'm gonna fix it this time i promise it's crazy so i love it so do i you see how uh you see how i just went on a random random thing, but I do want to have that pod. So, but
0: yeah, all you're doing is introducing us to future podcasts and it's
1: a tell. I think that's
0: the thing. And you know, it's not just our industry. It's not, that's going to change with this. Obviously there are some industries that are going to change incredibly. Decentralization is going to affect the way we as a business do finance, the way we do banking, the way we go for loans, the way we go through all these other things. And I think that in itself is a podcast and understanding the bigger picture of how this is going to be integrated. Because I think we're talking more about the tools and then we're realizing, wow, there's a whole platform on how this is going to change the way we are. And a lot of the people who come and are the middlemen and take money from Mm. us and running our business are going to be replaced. And who are they going to be replaced with? Technology and ourselves, right? I
1: said that at CEO. I said, if you're a person in this room and you make your money by being the guy or gal in the middle, you will be disrupted. Start looking for other jobs because um, transactions are going to be able to happen in a trustless environment, and not just because of cryptocurrency, but like that is going to help. But like people are kind of already getting onto that, right? Meaning we're buying houses sight unseen through Zillow, right? Right? Like why do I need a why did I need a broker? Broker again was designed to help you look at the house and show you this go through there. I'm not saying, I I think there's still value in agents, but I'm saying that I have several friends who have bought houses and sold houses through people on the internet. Mm. One of my friends sold a $15 million house in Hawaii to a guy who's never seen it. Right. So like, I, crazy. And and so brokerage is just a term for intermediary, you know, and there's brokers in, in all sorts of things. There's brokers in real estate transactions, there's brokers in business deals, there's brokers in you know any anything that anyone that stands in between the buyer and the seller is a broker. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. I mean, but Dwight, what have, I, have I taken all your energy units, Dwight, and um, and just sucked them all out of out of you?
0: I loved every bit of it. I mean, that's it. It's going to change everything and how we do it, and I think it's. Fun. Honestly, it's super fun to get to get on, to host, to have some fun with, with just you, a great, great friend, a huge mentor of mine. I think Bulletproof stands as something that we're able to unite on a, on a platform that actually matters. And I think I, I want to thank you for creating that because I think that's something that I think people don't realize. They're like, Hey, there's a podcast. Oh, and there's this summit. And there's the the goodness and the juice mm-hmm. squeezing out of the juice of our business and understanding in ourselves and growing. It all comes up when we get to collaborate and the platform that y'all push and created for us is that mighty networks platform. And, you know, I think that sometimes people are like, Oh yeah, bulletproof.dental. Uh, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go No, you have to get on there and you have to just just attach yourself and start listening to the conversation all of a sudden you find yourself in that conversation and then from then we're just going to build these podcasts in in more detail for what people are asking for as opposed to kind of what's going on that that's what was fun here one of the greatest
1: compliments that that happened recently dwight regarding bulletproof was someone who was our mastermind last year like you were in the in that founding Mm -hmm. class and and um and they decided to not do it this, this coming year. Um, he's a brilliant man. Um, he's, he's an oral surgeon and he actually just reached out and he's like, Hey, is it too late? Because I'd like to get back in. I thought I could find the information elsewhere in other groups, potentially, and learning more about it. He's like, it's just not even close. Would you allow me to rejoin the mastermind? Cause I'm not able to find these levels of conversation anywhere in dentistry
0: absolutely
1: and i was like yeah. wow that's crazy crazy but It's true though
0: it's absolutely true and on top of that now you've allowed us because that's just call- not me
1: that's the gr- that is the power of the group i want to make sure that that's not people don't interpret that as me being a chess beating scenario because i am i am a, a little cog in this wheel by now hmm. right and so it's just so cool when when the sum of the parts is greater than the you know anything of the origination Um, I know that's not a phrase, Uh, but you get where I'm going.
0: That's the joy of what I've seen in these masterminds and to be, you know, I, I, I found so much joy in being a part of the OG group that, I mean, it's, it's a constant conversation, right, right before this, I had another meeting. And before that I was talking to another group here in Austin, that's just was on the mastermind we met, we would have never met, but now it is a part of how I run my business is becoming bulletproof for me is about being part of this group and collaborating and being a little vulnerable, realizing, Hey, I thought totally. I had it. Yeah. But then you to be in a place where we can actually talk and say that to have an oral surgeon collaborating his level of vulnerability that I know exactly what you're talking about has the level of vulnerability to talk with any general dentist who's in a single Shit. practice, multiple practice with specialists involved, not involved, super GPs, all that mix, but to be vulnerable enough to talk about that you and Craig have built that environment, but you're right. It's kind of like I say, my business is doctor owned, but it's team run. You have allowed the, the, the collaborators, the docs mm-hmm. to get involved. And now you've allowed the team to get involved. In the and I think it's good
1: too, Dwight, for not just ours, because I don't want to say like, oh, the Bulletproof mastermind, Bulletproof mastermind, whatever it is, your group, your, your study club, whatever it is, okay. like going back to that thing I'm saying, that situational awareness. It's not always, it's not always your responsibility to go out and find like, what's well, interesting? What should I learn more about? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's something you found out in a group. And that's why masterminds are good. They're good to ask questions. They're good to listen to people. They're good to listen to other people's problems and okay. say, hmm, yeah, here's how I would have done it or audit the way you're already doing it it is a inherently, it is just a growth factor, whether you think you're growing or not. I promise you, if you're involved in a group of people, you know, I am in a mastermind that's non-dental. I am in YPO. That is, that is young uh, professionals organization, right? Right. right? And so that's a business thing, but I surround myself with trying to become the dumbest guy in the room, the most Mm -hmm. unfit guy in the room and finding rooms and, and getting challenged and growing and stepping on it because you just, it's just, that is, I think the, the, one of the joys of life is just continual movement and and trying to get better and better and learn more because um, yeah. And that, that was the whole, that was the whole idea of it, Dwight. That was the Genesis of the Bulletproof mastermind, but just because you're not joining a Bulletproof mastermind doesn't mean you couldn't have the same effect in your local study club.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Or maybe a Facebook group can do the same thing. I don't know, but if you're not doing something, if you're listening to that, like do some, do something where you can get an environment where you can be a be challenged and B learn. Challenge, being challenged on what you're already doing from an audit perspective and being able to defend it to someone. Why are you doing it this way? Well, here's why. And B being open to being like open to other ideas because innovation is one of the keys to business, right? You know, Tony Robbins will say the keys is kind of the keys to, to business growth is marketing and innovation, right? You innovate, find something new to do, and then you market it, innovate, find something new to do and then you market it. Um, and I think that's a, uh, it's a relevant story. So,
0: And that's, that's it. I mean, everybody, I, can, can you see the innovation concept to be able to be listening to a dental podcast and tackling things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and realizing that, you know what, no matter what industry you're in, the world is relevant and it's going to affect the way you do business. So, um, Yeah, and that the it, world
1: is bigger than like the three by three hole that we work that's in, how it is. right? Absolutely. And so pick your head up, look, learn about business, learn about leadership, learn about macro environments, learn about economies, learn about things that affect, you know, the livelihood of you and your family and your team and your family and your, and your friends. Um, and, um, and I think it, I think it creates a lot of fulfillment. At least it does for me, Dwight. I know it does for you because you're a perpetual learner, but it's, uh, you know, it would be a lonely existence to be like, all right, I've got this. I'm just not going to, I'm just going to do the same thing Mm. until I croak. Mm. Right. Like, Ooh, man. So Awesome, dude! I Love enjoyed it. the hell out of that. Sorry if I went over uh, your timeline that you had allotted for your interview, Dwight. I am, I am uh, sometimes a man of few words, but then other times when you get me on something I am passionate about, you cannot shut me the hell up.
2: <laughs> I, oh,
1: I do, I do. We we're going to
0: run over the hour. There's no, there's no
1: chance we'd go deep. If you are someone listening and you're still listening, bless you. First off, and and second, if you still have questions, again, like Dwight's saying. The easiest way is just join money networks and ask the question. I promise you I'll answer it or I'll do my best to answer it. And if I don't know the answer, I'll will find you the person that can't answer it. Um, regarding some of this, because I feel like we left, it wasn't comprehensive because it's a very complex subject that obviously I left some gaping holes in some of that process of the how-to. Um, but if you have questions and you want help and you want to learn, then then ask away. Um, again, I think in, in, in summary, Dwight, I think that the, the entry point would be Read a book, the Bitcoin Standard. Find other books. Listen to some podcasts. Once you've got, once you, once you like what you've heard and you've understand understood it, then the next step would be getting approved on Coinbase. After that, if you feel comfortable, then maybe look at going into uh, your own custody of sending Bitcoin to your own cold storage wallet, like a Ledger or Trezor. And then the next step, I think, would be going into looking into something like Coinbase Commerce, because by, because by then you'll have enough familiarity with the way things work um yeah and the cool thing is just like i've always said wait if you don't know how to do it there's youtube you can learn anything and i changed the oil in my jet skis the other day i think i've used that enough i mean like because i was like i, I don't want to take them to the shop and get him out of the water so like it just watch the youtube video and change the oil in my jet skis with this like tool like who freaking knew amazing it's just anything you want to learn is there for learning in on the university of YouTube. So it comes anyway, down to how
0: much you want to learn and how much you want. To yeah.
1: Do. It's an aptitude thing. Right. Right. If there's a will, there's a way, you know, um, you know, some things I could learn, but I sure as hell don't want to do them. Like there's a guy fixing the outside crown molding in my house. I'm like, I sure as hell don't want to learn how to do that. I don't want to <laughs> do that. I just don't want to do that. Oil. Sure. Crown molding outside on ladders. No,
0: thanks. Love
1: it.
0: Well, thanks again for giving the time and, obviously it was a huge honor for me to get to chat with you and get to go yes. down and be, be a, a guest host. You are the
1: distinct, you are the distinct, uh, honor of being the only guest host Dwight. So we need to get you a plaque and frame it buddy. Because... I'll,
0: it. I'll put it next to my bulletproof thing from the there you go. Yeah, that's right. right. You're swag holder. Swag holder. That's right. but, well, thank you so much. And, yeah, uh, you know, like as always make sure that you all go on wherever you listen to your podcast, go ahead and and like the process but also give us feedback and uh, again the more the feedback the more we can get more of kind of what everybody's interested in talking about but this was a blast. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you,
1: man. You're welcome. And and Dwight, even though we've had the summit year after year in your backyard in Texas, we are not having the next one in your neck of the woods. That's it is going to be right.
0: did we say it was uh when was Nashville? That? June, bud. June 25th, June No, June, no, June 2nd. June 2nd, 2022.
1: 2022. We'll have the landing page up. but It's gonna be in Nash Vegas. So um it should Nash, be fun. Vegas.
0: That's gonna be interesting, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. And even though it is a ways out. I will say that it's critically important because I think everybody's going to get going and back at it, and I think it's going to be event after event after event, kind of like this summer was. Everybody goes to a bunch of weddings or a bunch of issues and you know, all these events. I think that's going to kick in next year heavily. So I would, I would start like to. It out now.
1: I would like to honestly, and this is I haven't even talked to Craig about this, but I would, you know, I feel like I'm always so pressed for time in a marketing thing, and I always tell people it could be two two days. I would actually like to do something between now and then and doing a small like marketing two-day event for Bulletproof. Um, not even a collaboration, Just let me get through like all the things that I have to distill way the hell down in the summit. Um, but again, I think that would be kind of predicated on interest and um, in maybe a small group somewhere. But, uh, but I think that would be really cool because God dang, June's a long way away, man. I don't know if I'm going to be is. able to wait to hang out with some of those folks until June.
0: Sounds like we're gonna do a virtual discussion on sign up on Mighty Networks and be like, who's up for a marketing? Yeah, well, you can you can run point
1: because I don't I don't wanna hurt my feelings or be like crickets, like no one's signing up, no one wants to (laughs) do it.
0: (laughs) No, that is the topic that comes up the most. Most questions are asked at marketing at the summits. And that's just the nature because there's I think in two days
1: I could do it. I think in two days I could teach 20 years. Oh, man,
0: that's 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 <laughs> insane. I mean, I've in the end, that's a lot of info, and that is the area you always will run out of time at a regular summit because there's just too much time. Yeah, I think yeah. a marketing deep dive should be epic, and yep. I think that's the way we got to get after it. And go,
1: yeah, buddy. Go All right, man, Dwight, I appreciate you you being you, and uh, appreciate the time today, pal, and and uh, thanks everybody for tuning into another episode, and we will see you next time.
0: There, right, everybody.